2: It is indeed. The Bob France Authority, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. As we get underway, it's seven minutes past nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 13th morning of the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2018. A couple of good guests coming up. As a matter of fact, three of them, but two of them at one time. So a couple of good guest segments is what we will call it. Coming up in about a half an hour at 935, former deputy campaign chair uh, for President Donald Trump, Uh, David Bossy will join us. David is going to weigh in on a whole host of issues as the president is dealing with a whole host of issues right now. Not the least of which, of course, is fending off the attacks of the American left over hurricanes. That's right. The president is being blamed for hurricanes. In the case of Florence, the massive storm that is uh, going to be hitting uh, our uh, Atlantic coast really in, in a matter of hours in the case of Florence, which has re, uh, re, been uh, reduced from a Category 4 to a Category weakened is the word I'm looking for, not reduced. It's been weakened or it has weakened from a Category 4 to a Category 2 storm, which is still extraordinarily dangerous, devastating, and deadly. Sorry about the alliteration. But in the case of Florence, he's being blamed for Florence's existence. That's right, the wild, out-of-control, Trump derangement syndrome suffering American left says Donald Trump is complicit in the existence of Hurricane Florence. The Washington Post wrote that op-ed yesterday. Wish I was making it up, I'm not. Also, the president is being blamed for his response to previous hurricanes, particularly <clears throat> particularly Maria, uh, which, uh, which savaged Puerto Rico. That's right. The president is being blamed for that. Why? What, what did he do wrong? Well, apparently he didn't stop it. And that's because, well, much like Kanye West said after uh, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, um, those on the American left who see race before all else, they believe that George Bush just doesn't care about, or, or I'm sorry, that was Kanye West who said George Bush doesn't care about black people when it came to Katrina. Now... Eddie Glaude Jr., Eddie Glaude is, a, uh, is a, um, an analyst, a chair for the Center for African American Studies and the William S. Todd Professor of Religion and African American Studies um, at Princeton, who is also an analyst, political analyst for uh, uh, CNN and MSNBC. Eddie Glaude Jr. said the reason why uh, President Trump didn't do more for the people of Puerto Rico, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little sick, by the way, In case if I stop suddenly, my apologies for that. It's dealing with a little bit of illness this morning, fighting fighting through it. And I'm going to have to fight through it all day long because I will be hosting for Larry Elder tonight. So if you have the radio on tonight, make sure you tune in to The Larry Elder Show, and I would be more than happy to to, uh, talk with you then as well. But Eddie Glaude Jr. said in response to the tragedy of Puerto Rico... President uh, Trump didn't do more because he doesn't like people of color.
3: To The Virgin Islands and St. Thomas is still struggling and that they don't come into view. It has something to do with the fact that he is such a narcissist that in that moment he can't think of anyone else. He doesn't view them as uh, our,
2: our family. He views them as our neighbors.
3: Right, he views them as our neighbors and let's be honest, these are islands populated by people of color. All
2: right, and we're now, gonna go right now. The FEMA yeah. briefing is starting. This is, it, it really is derangement. I mean, you know, that's kind of a fancy term people have kind of come up with. It's kind of cute. But, I mean, I don't know of of a better one, really, realistically, than Trump derangement syndrome. These people are truly deranged. Meanwhile, while they complain about the response that President Trump and the federal government uh, had for Puerto Rico, uh, and they try to make this some sort of a racial issue, meanwhile, while that's going on, we are getting more and more uh, information about what happened in puerto rico and how the local government on the ground in puerto rico failed in their cooperation with the federal government there are photographs of pallets and pallets and pallets hundreds of thousands of bottles of bottled water that have been left sitting in a warehouse on the ground in Puerto Rico rather than distributed to people who were in need of water when running water was down, when it was, uh, you know, when when the hurricane uh, had knocked out service. Uh, We also find corruption on the ground in Puerto Rico. This is is realistic. Literally, just in the last, uh, what, 24 to 48 hours, we're finding the stories of uh, members of the Puerto Rican government facing charges now of corruption. And they want to blame the federal response for the problems that Puerto Rico has had in recovering from the hurricane. It is really just an embarrassing thing to watch and see. So the president's dealing with hurricanes, and the president, of course, is out in front of the uh, public by way of Twitter now, tweeting about hurricanes. And sadly, in my opinion, unfortunately, tweeting about other things at the same time. That I don't think he probably should be tweeting about right now. There is a prioritization of news right now, and I think the president should stay with the hurricanes. Um, as he, let me just give you his tweet storm today. Uh, again, uh, I know you hear these on Hugh Hewitt all the time because Hugh always has that cute little tweet sounder every time the president tweets. But let me hit a couple of these. The first one was from, let's see, um, I apologize. I've got the president's Twitter Twitter uh, account in front of me, but I'm trying to make some sense of it to see exactly what time each of these uh, were tweeted. The president was speaking this morning, tweeting this morning on uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, speaking also on Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and more of the uh, tw- uh, more of the um, uh, more of the uh, text messages, not tweets. I'm struggling with those words this morning. Uh, speaking on the text messages. Between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, which proved that there was a genuine leaking campaign, a leaking campaign, honestly, that was uh, that was in effect that they were supportive of. And the president tweeted this morning about an hour ago, quote, more text messages between former FBI employees, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page are a disaster and an embarrassment to the FBI and DOJ. This should have never happened, but we are learning more and more by the hour. Others were leaking like mad in order to get the president. And while the president is 100% right in that tweet, he is. They are. It is. He's right. They are complicit. And it is a disaster and an embarrassment. All three of those things he said are absolutely correct. My response to the president was, let's focus on Florence for a while, shall we? Others will fight this FBI leaking story for you in your stead while you deal with the natural disasters. Let others fight that battle for you for a couple of days. For now, let's show the nation some priorities. It will help all of us in the long run. So the president then, as if in response, perhaps, the president then uh, went ahead and tweeted about hurricanes. And these were his tweets this morning about hurricanes. Quote, 3,000 people did not die in the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. When I left the island. After the storm had hit, they had anywhere from 6 to 18 deaths. As time went by, it did not go up by much. Then a long time later, they started to report really large numbers like 3,000. This was done by the Democrats in order to make me look as bad as possible when I was successfully raising billions of dollars to help rebuild Puerto Rico. Well, I'm going to pause there. Now I'll come back to it. The rest of the tweet, if a person died for any reason, like old age, just add them onto the list. Bad politics. I love Puerto Rico. So there's a lot to unpack there. It's it's about protecting image, and it's about responding to critics. Um, and, and I understand the need to want to respond to critics all the time when the critics are coming at you with long knives, as they are for President Trump, on a constant basis. I do understand it. I don't necessarily think it's the wisest move. As to the specific... Um, messages in those two texts combined Uh, you didn't raise billions of dollars you didn't have to raise billions of dollars FEMA Federal Emergency Management Agency the federal government gave those billions of dollars it's what we do that's part of it so it's not about raising it's just about ordering the release while declaring disaster areas so let's be honest about that but the other part of it it's while it's true it just doesn't look good now talking about they trying to make me look bad yeah okay they are and they always are but this isn't the time to fight back against that and they did artificially inflate the number of people who were killed in uh in in uh, the hurricane especially in Puerto Rico so that guys like Eddie Glau Jr can say it's an island of people of color so therefore Trump didn't care i get it you want to fight back all the time let other people fight back for you against the personal slights you stay focused on florence and helping to coordinate with the agent the uh, on the ground uh, agencies in north carolina and south carolina and then we'll come back to the personal political battles but the president is in a tough spot right now as it pertains to that. That's one of the things we're going to talk to David Bossey about coming up at 935. I know we got a little sidetracked there, but David Bossey, former campaign chair, deputy campaign chair for the president, will join me at 935. And then at 10.05, we get back to local politics and local issues. Uh, we're going to talk uh, coming up at 10.05 with Bob Bodie, who is the um, uh, president of the West Shore Republicans, and Peter Corrigan. He'll join me at the same time, who is a candidate for Cuyahoga County Executive uh, coming up in November, trying to replace Armand butish, and they are going to talk about cuyahoga county 's ridiculous idea to form a commission to allow people to make <laughs> uh, to allow people to uh, make who make claims rather uh, against other people for uh, discriminatory uh, purposes to to punish them to essentially this there would be a commission formed. Um, in Cuyahoga County which would punish people who are accused even of being discriminatory and this is all about bathrooms it's all about transgenderism it's all about uh, boys and girls males and females and other things it's a terrible thing the Cuyahoga County council is going to vote on they've pushed it back now I want to say three times they were supposed to have this vote yesterday then they pushed it back to the 26th of um, September but I think the public pushback against this ridiculous commission the idea of this commission is forcing them to reconsider and push this back. They're going to have to find a way to unify their messaging to make sure that they can sell this. Uh, Otherwise, it could be very, very damaging to them politically, talking about those members of the Cuyahoga County Council. So this is a really interesting and uh, important story that we'll talk about again with Bodie and Corrigan at 10.05. So those are the two guests. Before and after and in between those guests, uh, you can dial 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110. A lot of news to get to. Let's do it together on AM 1420, The Answer.
0: Mike Gallagher, weekday mornings at 11 on AM 1420, The Answer.
2: All right, rolling along on this uh Thursday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, I'm a little under the weather, so if I sound a little odd, it's not your speakers, it's not your radio, it's uh it's me. Uh working my way through it though, a couple of great guests coming up. You can, by the way, ease the burden on my voice by dialing and speaking and let me listen for a change. How about that? Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Let's talk about success. Let's talk a little bit about the unqualified success. That is the American economy under President Donald Trump. Look, we all know that the um, blue wave that is expected is uh, in uh, November is kind of gaining some steam. All right? Uh, if you look at all of the generic polling about uh, which party uh, most Americans want to see control Congress and its purse strings, um, it's about a plus 14 right now for the Democrats, plus 14. They're going to win back the House, it would appear. When they do, they are going to move for impeachment of President Trump. Just make no mistake about that. Now, it won't go anywhere because it'll never get through the Senate, which is probably still going to remain Republican-controlled. But the Democrats are going to win back the House. And the reason for that is, it would appear anyway, and the reason for that is the Republicans are not focusing on the right thing. They're not keeping their eye on the ball. They're not keeping voters' eyes on the ball. The Republicans need to get away from all of the infighting on matters of, you know, uh, uh, the DOJ versus the president, the president versus the DOJ. Um, it, it, the Some of the criticisms that have gone on between Republicans, among Republicans, on various issues— have taken the attention away from where we want voters to be, to be looking. Uh, and that is that economy. The unqualified success of the Trump economy is the only thing that can potentially stop that blue wave from materializing. And it's going to take a very concerted effort to focus on these kinds of things. The United States Census Bureau, for example, yesterday reported that middle class income rose to the highest recorded levels In 2017, in the Trump economy, the highest levels ever recorded. And the national poverty rate declined as the benefits of the strong economy lifted the fortunes of more Americans, according to the U.S. Census. Now, the wording I just gave you was actually used in maybe... I don't know. It's it's if it's a coin flip, I guess, between the New York Times and the Washington Post, to which I am referring now. I was going to say maybe the most um aggressive anti-Trump newspaper in the country. It's it's probably still the New York Times, but it might be the Washington Post. Well, even the Washington Post can't spin this. Middle-class income rose to the highest recorded levels in 2017 and the national poverty rate declined as benefits of the strong economy lifted the fortunes of more Americans. There just is no other way to look at that. You can't find a way to negatively spin that. How do we know this? Because Barack Obama is out there now, uh, you know, kind of becoming front and center, one of the new faces, one of the new old faces, if you will, new to this election cycle. But obviously, as the former president, you know, the standard bearer, along with Bill Clinton for the party, But he's out there now in a new campaign for Democrats. And instead of trying to tear down the Trump economy, claiming that things aren't as good, he is trying to instead say, yeah, they're great, but I started it, trying to take credit for it. They know that this is the issue with which the Republicans can hold off the blue wave. He knows this is the issue that if Republicans can laser-like focus the voters' attention on the economy, then maybe, just maybe, the House isn't lost. The median U.S. household earned $61,372 last year, meaning half the families in the country brought in more income then $61,372 and half earned less. Crossing that $61,000 threshold signals, the American middle, middle class is finally earning more than it did back in 1999. Although the Census Bureau cautions the median income last year was not statistically different than 99 or 07, the last year before the recession, a change in methodology in 2013 makes precise comparisons difficult. But all of the income figures have been adjusted for inflation and are reported in 2017 dollars and it's with that standard in mind that we can say that American middle-class families now have the highest recorded income in history or at least in recorded history middle-class household income has been rising steadily as the economy rebounded from the deep recession uh, that we had in uh, 2007-8 and uh, 2009 And it has been rising steadily, but very, very slowly in the Barack Obama economy. The incomes started to take off at the same time the GDP started to take off, which is at the same time that jobs, manufacturing jobs, not low-paying service industry jobs started to take off, which is when the President of the United States got Congress to go along with his plan to implement massive across-the-board tax cuts, tax cuts, that the Democrats fought tooth and nail. The U.S. Uh, ta- uh, tax uh, uh, and uh, jo- uh, tax Cuts and Jobs Act um, has done exactly what it said it would do. It has brought the American people and the middle class that the Democrats always claim they are championing to prosperity. And the Democrats did not vote for one. Not one single vote came in from a Democrat for that. Let's put it that way. So this is an unqualified economic success, driven by the president, driven by lower taxes, driven by lower regulations. More Americans are working. More Americans are making more money. And if the Republicans can focus their energy on this and away from all of the negativity and all of the infighting between now and uh, December, or rather November, it is the only way they can stave off. That blue wave. We'll talk more about this, the economy, and more. David Bossey is the former deputy campaign chairman for the president. He'll join us next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. 934 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. As uh, noted, uh, the president's economy is absolutely booming, massive, 4.2% GDP growth. And now we find out not only are jobs at an all-time high when it comes to minorities, particularly African Americans, Latinos, women, and youth, the youth uh, uh, jobless rate is phenomenal. Now we also find out people are making more money at those jobs as the US median uh uh income is for middle class um, Americans is at an all-time high 61,000 for the first time according to the US Census Bureau Barack Obama is going to be in Cleveland today trying to stump for Richard Cordray and other Democrats and try to tell us that, well, they're responsible for that. Joining us now is the president of Citizens United. He's also a Fox News contributor, and he was the deputy campaign chairman for President Trump back in 2016. David Bossy, joining us again here on AM 1420, The Answer. David, good morning.
3: Hey, good morning to you. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, appreciate uh, your time today. So, uh so he you know, I mean, you heard what we all heard a week ago. Uh Barack Obama making speeches in Illinois and California trying to tell us that this is all a result of his long plans. You know, it's a long game to restore the economy to the growth that we're seeing and his average 1 to 2% growth during his 8 years was just the groundwork that was going to be laid for the 4% that we're getting now and it's not Barack Obama or excuse me, it's not Donald Trump's doing, it's his.
3: No, 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 of course. It is, it is remarkable that for eight years, Barack Obama blamed his bad economy on George Bush. And it was all about Bush's economy, Bush's bad policies, and Bush's recession. And some of that is true. But to now take credit, after saying for years that, that you couldn't get the economy back to 4% growth, there's those jobs are never coming back. Remember those speeches?
2: Of course, those,
3: where those manufacturing jobs—they're never coming back to America. We've lost them, and that's a good thing, in his opinion. Now we see this president has dedicated himself to bringing back to bringing back manufacturing jobs, jobs across all spectrums for all ages, it's all education. They can't find enough qualified workers. In America today, it's unbelievable the economy he has created in the last 18 months. And Barack Obama is going to be in Ohio today to talk about going backwards.
2: Well, you know, it, it's really an amazing thing. He's he's coming here, and, and I I don't know if he expects all Americans, or at least in his visit to Cleveland and Ohio today, expect Ohioans to have such short memories. But he's asking us to forget about the last time, for example, that the state of Ohio was run by a Democrat, by Ted Strickland. He's asking us to forget about the 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 economy and the job growth and the well the the, the low wages et cetera of the eight years that he ran the country. He's asking us to forget about all those things and to. Somehow believe that the Democrats are the ones responsible for the return to prosperity and will be moving forward. David, not one of them voted for the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Not one of them supported the deregulation that President Trump has been uh, has been advancing here. That is that is allowing all of these manufacturing jobs that you are just talking about to come back.
3: It, it's because the left in this country, led by Barack Obama, led by Hillary Clinton led by Richard Cordray, hate this president more than they love this country. And I say it a lot. The left goes crazy when I say that How dare It is true. They will not work with this president on one issue. They will not say we agree with you, Mr. President, on our national security, on judges, on justice, uh, soon-to-be Justice Kavanaugh, or on anything to do with our economy, the tax fund... Like you just said, they vote against everything lock, stock, and barrel. There are 320 people, Americans, who are being held up by the U.S. Senate for confirmation. These are people that left their jobs, have gone through the Senate confirmation process and are sitting idle, whether these are deputies in different departments like the Department of Commerce, the Department of Defense, or if they're ambassadors to to other countries. It doesn't matter where they are across the, the government spectrum but they've been held up by, by uh, uh, the, the likes of uh, uh, Chuck Schumer and the left, and they will not allow this president on any level to try to accomplish anything. They, they attack him every day. Look, we have a hurricane bearing down on North Carolina today, and they are today attacking him on, uh, on, the, hurricane, on the hurricane from last year uh, that took a lot of lives but they're blaming him for the storm.
2: It's, it's an amazing thing that you can now blame politicians for hurricanes. Yeah, well, the Washington Post That's where we are. Yeah, the Washington Post calls him complicit in the existence of Florence because of man-made, you know, global warming, which is what they're saying. And yet it, the United States last year cut its carbon emissions more than any other developed country in the world. We had a lower exactly. carbon we, emissions last, and instead of giving the president credit for that, uh, they're actually saying he didn't do that and we didn't do that. And, oh, by the way, he still, since he won't say the words global warming is real, man-made global warming is making these storms worse, then they're going to blame him for it.
3: He, You're exactly right. This president has made sure that his policies, that his government, his administration, has delivered on making our water clean and our air clean, but at the same time making sure we're able to grow our economy instead of having these uh, uh, over-regulation statutes on the books that are killing, stifling business. So, as you just said, We cut our emissions last year. It was an amazing thing to do and good for everybody. At the same time, China and Russia and India have incredible increases.
2: So the problem that... And those are the countries screaming at the United States for pulling out of the Paris Accord and not pledging to... They've all pledged to cut theirs and increase theirs. We did not pledge anything and cut ours just (laughs) organically without overtaxing our companies. And that's the difference. It is
3: it's an enormous position that the American people have to focus on. We could cut ours by another five or 10%, but we're, and we're the biggest economy. The problem is we are the smallest polluter. And so these other, so we could stifle our economy, kill jobs, kill manufacturing and have zero impact on what they consider as the, these global warming issues, because we're not the offender. These other countries are so, Let's talk to them.
2: David Bossy is our guest. He is the uh, former uh, deputy chairman of the Trump campaign in 2016 and, of course, president of Citizens United. David, I know you're on limited time, but just very briefly, can you give me your reaction? Because I kind of counseled the president by way of replying to one of his tweets and said, you know what? Focus on Florence right now. You don't need to focus on the deep state and the FBI and Strzok and Page because we got other people who can fight those battles for you. You're one of those other people. You saw the latest text messages about the organized media leaking uh, that 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 was going on from inside the Department of Justice to stop Trump from winning and then to stop his presidency after he did win. Uh, what do you say about what you've heard?
3: These people are truly enemies of this president. Uh, they, uh, whether it's Page or Strock or McCabe or Comey, uh, you know, it is now becoming apparent through the release of these text messages that this president has been under siege from within his own government uh, since his first uh, since his election uh and so we he in my opinion the president needs to very quickly uh and i wish he had done it in the past week but he needs to declassify these uh, the fisa application the documents related to it and the the fbi 302s which are in interview notes of the fbi agents related to Uh, Bruce Orr, the number four at the Department of Justice, because the American people have to get an understanding as to the poisonous fruit that this entire case has been built on. And that's why it's important, and that's why we call on the president to declassify this material, because the American people will get an education as to what was going on in the insidious, insidious nature of of, uh, what these people were doing. Um, you know, in the two, in 2016 and 17. So oh. the, the president's under scrutiny every single day for things that were created it, potentially out of whole cloth, uh, as allegations were never substantiated. So we, we we have to we have to end this circus of an investigation.
2: David Bossie joining us. I could not agree more. Uh, make sure that you follow David Bossie. Uh, and of course you do. He's everywhere. He's a Fox News contributor. He's a president of Citizens United and, again, former campaign chair, deputy campaign chair for the president in 2016. David, keep spreading the word. We'll continue to try to do that here as well. We'll counter the fake news being brought by Barack Obama and the Democrats here in Cleveland today, and we always appreciate your time.
3: Thanks very much for
2: you got it. Good to have you. There you go. That's David Bossy uh, from Citizens United and uh, uh, from the Trump campaign. And he's uh, maintains, or er, er, he continues to be, rather, uh, one of President Trump's most vocal uh, supporters in the press, you know, as a pundit. Uh, he does. He goes uh, everywhere. He'll go everywhere. He'll go even on the, uh, uh, the mainstream channels or on the cable channels that are dedicated to the destruction of President Trump, CNN, and MSNBC to share the truth. That, everything I said is, is accurate, by the way. They're coming here today. Barack Obama is coming here today. He's visiting Cleveland to support Richard Cordray and other, uh, other Democrats, and he's going to try to tell us that the state of Ohio is better off under Democratic leadership. Now, I'm no fan of John Kasich. I'm no fan of John Kasich at all, especially since he embarrassed us as Ohioans uh, by not showing up and supporting the Republican nominee at the convention in his own state in Cleveland. Uh, I'm not a fan of John Kasich's ongoing criticism of the president. He's a never-Trumper. He didn't even vote for the president in the election for crying out loud. So I'm not a fan of John Kasich, but I am also a realist in pointing out that the state of Ohio flourished under Republican leadership in ways that it never did. As a matter of fact, the massive debt that was built up under Ted Strickland would, would make us fools to go back to Democratic leadership. It would make us fools to support somebody like Richard Cordray. And Barack Obama is here to tell us that, uh, no, 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 things didn't go as well under Kasich as they did under Strickland, and we have to return to that type of leadership under the likes of Richard Cordray. So he's going to be at this rally today. So is Sherrod Brown, who's going to continue to lie about who he is, why he is, what he is in the United States Senate, and trying to uh, hold on to his lifelong um, uh, uh, political positioning. And that's what he is, because he's a career, literally a career politician. He really has never done anything else and doesn't want to do anything else, such as work for a living. So he's going to continue. And Jim Renacci, of course, has uh, got a very tough fight, no question about it. But Jim Renacci has two months, uh, less than two months now, but uh, to really get out there and, and remove him. So just be pay, paying attention today. Barack Obama today in Cleveland going to lie. Sherrod Brown's going to lie. Richard Cordray's going to lie about what true leadership in the state of Ohio has been and who is uh, benefiting from it. Uh, so uh, want to get your phone calls coming to 216-901-0945. Dial now. We'll get you on the radio. 888 It's the Bob France Authority on AM 1420 The Answer.
0: Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The
2: Answer. Indeed, rolling along, it's 9.51 now. The Bob France Authority continues, AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, um, I missed a name. I was just reminded by a friend that um, Steve Dettelbach will also be in Cleveland today uh, supporting Richard Cordray and supporting Barack Obama and being supported by both. Dettelbach is Obama's college roommate. Who supports sanctuary cities, who supports abolishing ICE, who continues to lie about law enforcement and advancing a false narrative, and he wants to be the attorney general in the state of Ohio. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what we're talking about here. He wants to be the attorney general, uh, and he's he's a left-wing water carrier. He just is, and he's going to be there as well to support Cordray and Brown, Sherrod Brown, and Obama today. Uh, and uh, as I was just reminded, we've got to stop that one, too. You know, it's one thing about electing Mike DeWine instead of Richard Cordray. Obviously, we can get into the federal ones, which we know about. We've got to elect as many Republicans to the House and the Senate, including Renacy over, uh, over Brown. And we've got to make sure we elect people like uh, Beverly Goldstein instead of Marsha Fudge to stop the people who are suffering in that district from suffering another day under her complete ignorance and, and lack of leadership and lack of action. Uh, her apathy is pathetic, by the way. Um, we have to support these people, but we also have to remember these other state races besides uh, Governor. And uh, Dave Yost for Attorney General is an extremely important race. Dave Yost uh, over uh, Steve Dettelbach is something that must happen. And uh, I know there are some competing endorsements in the law enforcement community involving some of these individuals, uh, but I will completely throw my support beyond Dave Yost and remind everybody of exactly who Steve Dettelbach is. So I appreciate that reminder. All right, uh, I was talking a lot in the last hour or last segment uh, as well about um, the economic numbers that the Republicans need to focus on in November. In between now and November, just laser lock in on this. Forget about the rest, honestly. Forget about all of the other issues that may be Democratic um, strong issues or Democrat, uh, issues in which Democrats are going to advance their agenda. And focus on the economy because the Democrats were wrong about the economy for all eight years of Barack Obama. Worst recovery from recession in recorded American history. They're wrong about the economy now when they wanted the president not to deregulate. They're wrong about the economy now when they wanted the president to keep taxes high. They're wrong about the economy now uh, when they said that they could not get the president could not bring back these jobs that were sent overseas, these manufacturing jobs and others. They've been wrong every step of the way. Lowest unemployment we have had in decades. Lowest unemployment uh, employment ever for uh, blacks, Hispanics, uh, women and youth. Talking about young people doing uh, uh, summer jobs and so forth. Um. And we have a 4.2% GDP, and everything is going great guns. And the left knows they can't stop it, so now they're trying to take credit for it. And here's another example of, of what you know, the Republicans should focus on. Food stamp usage, the number of people on food stamps. We get the newest report from the USDA, that's the Department of Agriculture, has declined now for an eighth straight month. That is amazing. U.S. data reveals that the number of participants in SNAP, that's the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, has consistently declined every month since the beginning of the fiscal year 2018, a total of eight months. This is something, again, Barack Obama said could never happen. Where's the magic wand? Trump isn't going to be able to get 4% growth. There's no magic wand. That's not going to happen. It's slow and steady like I do it. And people on food stamps reached a record high of, I want to say, 47 million or 48 million in the uh, Obama administration. 48 million Americans receiving food stamps to survive, to get by. It didn't take a magic wand. It took somebody with um, the sense... To lower the taxes and regulations to stop handcuffing businesses so businesses could grow, expand, survive, and then thrive and hire more people. When people are working, they don't need food stamps. This is Econ 101. And Barack Obama is going to be here today lying about all of this. Using the latest data from USDA, here's the breakdown of how many people have discontinued food stamp benefits each month over the past eight months. Over 4 million from October to November last year. Uh, Over th- uh, 360,000 November to December, 737,000 December to January, uh, 385,000 fewer January to February, 39,000 February to March, 426,000 March to April, 139,000 April to May. And now the latest number we have from the USDA is from May to June of this year, 143,834 fewer people on food stamps. That- that's how many people discontinued their food stamp benefits. So President Trump has done exactly what President Trump said he would do when he was candidate Trump. He would reverse, literally reverse, the Obama economy. The Obama economy, one of governmental assistance, we will hand it out for you. We will take over health care. We will hand out uh, uh, whatever it is that you need because we know that the government, or excuse me, not the government, that uh, the economy, left to its own capitalist marketplace ideals, that's ideals, Uh, is not going to be enough for you. The president reversed that completely, said we're going to reduce the the amount of public assistance because you're not going to need it, because you are going to be able to find jobs and get increased paychecks, which again is the other big story of the day. Middle class paychecks averaging or rising above $61,000 for the very first time in U.S. history. The middle class. This is exactly what the Democrats say they look out for, the middle class. They blame the Republicans for looking out for the rich looking out for the one percent the republican leadership in the congress and yes in the white house most importantly has led to the biggest growth in wages for the middle class ever at least in terms of the total now so this is this is what it's all about fewer people on food stamps more people making more money more people going to work on full-time jobs instead of part-time jobs that's the other part of this too the uh when obama comes to town today and proclaims as he did in Illinois last week and in California last week that this jobless rate of 3.9%, that's the unemployment rate, started under his leadership and his watch. He said that's where the same thing it was in 2015-2016. It was close to that. But the difference is, those people were getting part-time jobs and many of them still needed food stamps to supplement their, you know, their their uh, their income. Those were part-time jobs and those were service sector jobs there were just by 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 you know industrial standards they're very low paying trump brought back real jobs full time jobs and yes higher paying jobs manufacturing jobs blue collar jobs that the left and obama said could never happen so that's why the we have this you know eight straight months of declining enrollment in food stamp and snap and obviously much much higher uh um Uh, income for everybody especially in the middle class so the usda basically saying if you want just a reminder if you want to continue to reduce the amount of government assistance that people require in this state in this country um and if you want to continue to increase the average salary of the middle class in this country then you doggone well better not throw the republicans out of congress november the midterm elections You have a choice. Continue the growth and prosperity or return to the slow, uh, crawling growth of a a Democrat leadership, of a Democrat Congress, and yes, back to an increase of government assistance supplied to people just to help them survive. All right, you're coming up on 9 o'clock here. Here's what we've got. News time for you then. On the other side, we're going to talk with Bob Bodie, 10 o'clock. Did I say 10 o'clock? Bob Bodie. West Shore Republican president is going to be joining us, as well as Peter Corrigan, who's a candidate for Cuyahoga County Council, or excuse me, Cuyahoga County Executive, rather. They'll both join me next right here on AM 1420 The Answer.